0: No purchase necessary. BGW Group. Boyware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello.
1: Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com.
0: It's my little escape.
1: Now Judy's the life of the party.
0: Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. Welcome to the Villa View. It's time for a match preview in association with Boohoo Man. We have got a code, you'll see it on the screen there, but it's not live until 8 o'clock tonight. So don't try and use it before then and don't have a go of us. If it doesn't work, it'll work from 8 pm all being well. That's what I'm being told. So yeah, if you want to get 10% off. Use the code VILLAVIEW from 8pm tonight and you'll get 10% off Boohoo, man. We are here to preview Aston Villa versus Manchester United. It's me, Dan Bardell, hosting, joined by Neil Dunworth from the, for the love of Paul McGrath podcast. It always amazes me when I get that out first time. Always really proud of myself. Neil, how are you?
1: I'm good, I'm good. Good to see you guys again. How are you yeah. keeping?
0: Yeah, really. Well, I am really good. I'm upset that I am not. I can't go to the game tomorrow. It's literally been playing on my mind all week. I shouldn't disrespect my mate Stagdo, but he shouldn't have put his Stag do this weekend. It's an absolute disgrace. I'm really upset. I'm probably not even going to be able to watch it on TV. I'm livid now. But on the plus, we know that that means three points to Villa on Saturday. So there is a silver lining there. And if Villa do win and I'm not there, I will accept it. I want congratulations on Twitter from people. I want people to give me some respect, but I just, I just know we'll win. I just know it.
1: Did I hear you say that you'd never seen Villa win against United in Villa no, Park?
0: No, I have. So I had a season ticket since 1994. It's now to 2022. Mm. So there's been lots of Aston Villa at home to Manchester United in that time. I saw them win in 1995 when Ian Taylor, nice. Mark Draper, and Dwight York scored. David Beckham scored for Manchester United. So I saw that three-one in '95 when we finished fourth. Brilliant. One of my favourite games ever. I could still I could still actually picture it. And then since then, I've been to every Aston Villa-Manchester United game at Villa Park at home, We haven't won a single league game against them. There's been Hurt, there's been Alpay own goals, there have been cup oh. games where Van Nistelrooy's come on and got a hat-trick, there's been Hernandez getting hat-tricks when Villa are turning up, there's been Makeda scoring Makeda. all kinds of just, just come to play against Villa-Makeda, he didn't play against anyone else at Manchester United, but he always lined up against Villa and scored. So there's been all sorts of Hurt. And I just know how much I've wanted to see us beat Manchester United at Villa Park. And I know because I'm not there that it's going to happen. I just, I just know it. So yeah, first time since 1995, 2022, I think this is the year Villa beat Manchester United at Villa Park.
1: Well, it's, it, it'd be fantastic. We've like, in my lifetime, we've never done the double over United. I don't think we have anyway. And that's a massive, that's a massive
0: in- thing 25. as well, isn't it? Yeah.
1: That's, that, that's huge. That's huge. And it's, Look, obviously, one would be under Steen Smith and one would be under Stephen Gerrard as well, you know, like you talk about doing the double over a team and usually that's a team that has a small bit of stability and who's to say that, uh, that I, I, well, when I talk about stability, obviously we've, we have had a change mid-season, but uh, to do the double over Manchester United would be absolutely fantastic because they really have been our huge bogey team, like it was always a case to just turn up and hope we don't get beaten by much. You know, But there's now there's real optimism, I think, going into the weekend and specifically, I suppose, after beating them already, coming away with, you know, a bit sour and burnt, I suppose, from the FA Cup game. And yeah. uh, there's, there's, the good thing about it is you have an opportunity to make amends really, really quickly after the FA Cup game now against Manchester United and uh, right a few wrongs.
0: Yeah, I think it's important to remember, and someone who covers Manchester United for a living messaged me earlier, he said to me, it's very important to remember at the moment, Daniel. Manchester United are rubbish. And it, <laughs> That's true, and they are. But I said well, they were rubbish on Monday, and we still didn't beat them. Mm. So I think there is reason for optimism, though. I think they're probably at the, one of the lowest points I've ever seen them in my lifetime. I think Villa, I think, are going to be buoyed by what's happened this week. The two, the two signings that have come in since we last played in the Premier League are huge. Coutinho and Dean. I think that really lifts the place. I think that that'll give Villa Park a bounce tomorrow. I think, yeah, there's all that kind of thing as well. I think the atmosphere tomorrow is going to be absolutely unbelievable. I think it'll be one of the best atmospheres at Villa Park in recent years. A Saturday night game. I think the yeah. fact that Monday we feel very, very hard done by. The fact we've got two international class signings who are potentially making their debut that's lifted the place. Stephen Gerrard will absolutely 110% want to smash Manchester United to pieces tomorrow night. I just think I'm not there. I just think everything is pointing to the fact that Villa—it's going to be a really special evening tomorrow. I will say as well, Boohoo man are back in sponsorship. I feel like we were winning games when Boohoo man was sponsoring us, and then they went away, and we've had a couple of a couple of bad results. They've come back just in time for another victory now.
1: Maybe so, maybe so. But you make a good point as well, Dan, about this. You know, it's going to be a special atmosphere on Saturday because. It really is. Like the fans are going to be like, oh, I I wouldn't like to make a wrong step if you're a referee on uh, on Saturday evening because the fans are going to be. I mean, in they don't, they don't seem to mind.
0: They don't seem to mind now. I'm sure he won't. I know they them don't.
1: Well, it, it, look, I suppose sometimes in the reverse when we're at home and we've got an unbelievably vociferous crowd, you know, and so in, in an instance like that. Um, hopefully it works in our favor and I'm sure it will do because uh, the fans are going to be up for this. The players are going to be up for this. You can hear like Emmy Martinez gave an interview today and he was really kind of honest and it was really kind of honest and poignant interview. He basically said, you know, we're smarting after the week, after our loss, we want to yeah. go and put it right. He knows that we should have won, but we didn't. And the only way to go out and prove that sometimes you have to wait four or five, six, six weeks, maybe sometimes three, four five months to get another crack at that team again. He goes, we've only got seven days. Or six days to 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 go out and and uh, and make make right what we what we couldn't do on Monday.
0: Yeah, I saw him. I mean, Martinez after the game. I think he probably liked a couple of tweets that he that he shouldn't have liked. You can always tell how the players are feeling if they start doing things like that because they they know they played well on Monday night. They know they went to Manchester United and played really really well. We wanted to go well in the FA Cup. We picked the strongest eleven that we possibly could have picked. They'd be annoyed to go out, but they'd be annoyed at the way we went out. You can. I suppose if you are a footballer, you'll often accept losing if you haven't played well. When there is things like when you've played when you haven't scored, and then you, the referees get involved and VAR gets involved, that that will smart. And you are right; the fact that we get to turn it round so quickly—that's—I think that's a huge advantage to us. Actually, you I know, mean, we've already got home advantage. I think that gives us a massive advantage. The fact that we will be smart and the fact that we will get the, the chance to turn it round really fast.
1: Uh, yeah. Uh, like, uh, like, was it? Revenge is a dish best served cold. Like, you know, how better to get revenge than you know the short sharp turnaround and, and time period? But I think to kind of temper it a small bit as well because while we will be while we have a bit of a turnaround, it's not we're not going to face the same United team that we played on Monday. Um, obviously, they're not going to face the same same Aston Villa team either. Hopefully, we have the introduction of the two guys that have uh, have just been signed. But we're not we're going to be without John again. We're going to be we're going to be pretty short in the wing slash inside ten positions without having Bertrand Troy, no Trezeguet, no El Ghazi who came on the last day. No Jaden Philogimbedes who's got a pelvis injury. He did return to training I think today, but um, not don't know what his status is for the weekend as well. And Gerard has mentioned that Coutinho is touch and go he's supposed to start at the weekend he was doing a lot of work on his own a lot of individual work with Barcelona hasn't been involved with the group hasn't played a lot of games and is only coming back from COVID when he was only cleared on I think they said he was only I think I read somewhere should I say that he was only actually fully cleared on the 3rd of January so he's still building up his fitness after the COVID um, his COVID outbreak as well so you know the good news is that Ashley Young seems to be back too, so that he might be pushed forward more into that number 10 role. But, um yeah, we, we won't have the same available squad. And I know we've got people who've come come through the door, but, uh, you know, with regards to people who've played 90 minutes, there is a question mark over some people there. Like, obviously, Sanson comes into midfield. I would imagine he comes into midfield in mm-hmm. place of McGinn, hasn't played... A lot of ninety minutes for Aston Villa Football Club recently, so it's uh, it's. Uh, I still think we're going to win. Not being a negative Nancy about it or anything like that. It's just that that's kind of the flip side of the coin, playing devil's advocate. United might have Ronaldo back. Tomane is out, isn't he?
0: He's, he's pretty pivotal for them at the moment. I mean, that says, it, that says everything to me about the state of Manchester United. and A being out is a massive problem.
1: Yeah, Shaw's mm-hmm. out. Dallot yeah. is out, Sancho's out, Ronaldo might be back, no Harry Maguire. You know, so um, Eric Bay is obviously at the Afcon. So, you know, there's there, there's opportunities. There's definitely opportunities there. Anthony Machel won't be playing, obviously. He won't even be in the squad, considering he's most likely on his way out. So, you know, there's there's opportunities on both sides, I think. Um, but I still do fancy Villa to go and have a right crack at this. And I think Ollie Watkins would be, really, really um, looking to make amends, I think, for maybe one or two missed chances. And I think Villa, as, as an entity, will be will be dogged at the weekend.
0: You mentioned the players that are missing, and obviously Leon Bailey, who you didn't mention, yes. is, is still out as well. Walking injury, Leon Bailey. Is he ever going to be fit again? Who knows? But they're still, I imagine it will be the same front three, because they did cause Manchester United problems. It's quite interesting, that front three, because Watkins seemed to me to be playing more from the right, which is yes. unusual, but I think it actually worked quite well, but there's still, let's imagine we do keep that front three, there's still Chuck Memecki on the bench, Ashley Young to return, and Coutinho, who can come on and influence that game and change it and come and play in that, in that front three, so despite all the absentees, there's still good players to come on and influence the game. Absolutely,
1: and like one way or another, we will see Coutinho, and it could oh, be yeah, a rose, so for come- sure. Ah, oh, it could it could be it could be a total smoke screen to say that he's not playing you know because the expectation is that people were saying yeah throw him into the into the team even if 60% fake coutinho is still going to be you know a pretty active player for Aston Villa and who knows maybe we see on, on on Saturday when the team sheet comes out that he does start him but um you know uh, Steven Gerrard's a pragmatist he's not just he doesn't see this as just a, the game he sees it as a game, I think, and, and he understands the that you know he can't have another Leon Bailey situation on his hands. Coutinho comes in, he's undercooked. He pulls a tie, he pulls a, a hamstring. He's out for six weeks. Fans, fans enthusiasm that we have at the moment and the enthusiasm around the club would hit the floor, you know. So um, making sure that he's fully right is is something that will happen, and I would imagine we, he's definitely going to get the last twenty minutes, twenty five minutes, half an hour. And uh, I still think he could come in and cause wreck for that period of time. Uh, with a tired Manchester United team, and I'm really, really looking forward to it.
0: Central midfield's a bit of an issue mm. with McGinn out because you really are that you're down to your last three there. If anyone got injured, I imagine Ashley Young would have to play there again, which I've not been massively keen on when he's had to play in central midfield. I don't mind him as a narrow ten, but I wouldn't want to see him playing playing in central midfield again. Then. There isn't anyone else, is there? Unless I'm completely missing someone. I suppose Chuck Memecca could play there an absolute push, but again, he feels like he's one of the ones who's going to play as a narrow ten. More than anything, am I forgetting someone? It just feels very short in midfield.
1: No, you're not forgetting anyone. But they have put a lot of faith in naming young Tim on the bench, oh, that's true. and yes, he's somebody that they're You didn't have for... a pop at the
0: second time, I noticed there.
1: <laughs> no, not a half.
0: I want to say a rogue. <laughs> I want to say a rogue in them. That's what I think, uh, I think uh, what it is,
1: or something. We'll call him yeah. Tim for now. Yeah, young, young Tim is what Mike Beale called him, so it's uh, that's what stuck. Him? I think he will, yeah. I think he will be on the bench. And I think we could see somebody like maybe Hayden Lindley on the bench as well. Rake, he's, Rake, uh, Rake,
0: he's back, isn't
1: he? He hasn't gone
0: elsewhere yet. Has he, He's had a taste of senior football now. You think I know he's probably not going to be here for the rest of the season, he'll go on loan somewhere else. I would think hmm. you might see him on the, on the bench.
1: Yeah, and, and I think that's what, that's actually a good point. And that's something that, you know, it seems to be, a, I'm not going to say a root and branch scrutiny, a scrutiny of, of what the loan situation was in the summer as we stand right now. But they seem to have pretty much called everybody back. And Reiki was one of those players that was called back for sure. Maybe he does get a run. Maybe he gets a, gets, gets a, a spot on the bench. Because physically, which I think is something that... Yeah, like young young Tim is is, is there physically, but Reiki always stood out as being a big man on the field last uh, last season for the under eighteens. And, you know, it didn't work out for him at Stockport. And he was uh, although he had a great game in the FA Cup when he played through the through the um the extra time period as well and he you know he was really, really He's really good. He's actually impressive. And uh, he's somebody that potentially could be on the bench for sure. Yeah, because we know we've seen him training over the last few days. He's been in a lot of the photos. So so he is somebody there as well. And uh, look, you know, as I said, this this team or this bench at the weekend could be littered with um, with, with new prospects like Ken Hayden yeah. Kessler could be in there. Yeah, yeah, he'll yeah, be, yeah I think he'll be in the twenty. Kessler, but I
0: think Hayden, he will he'll too, be in the yeah. twenty. yeah. Yeah, we're sure yeah, on, so on defenders, let's face that. As far as mm-hmm. that fact as well, but I suppose Luca Dane coming in has added to the numbers. Kane coming yeah. back has added to the numbers as well. We were sure, probably not far to another centre back, and we'll probably be breaking even with, with numbers mm. in defence again now. It's interesting. I quite like it. I find it interesting seeing new faces on the bench. Yeah, me too. I think, Bo- I think Bogard could play midfield at, at a push as well. I'm, not, I'm surprised he hasn't been more involved, actually.
1: In That's right, I think he was
0: going to be in for Brentford, wasn't he? But they were on like a, a hiatus, like a break where players from abroad yes. had gone back to see their families. So I think he would have been on, on the bench against Brentford had it not that not been happening. So you might see him on the on the bench as well. Mm-hmm. I think it's exciting. I like, mm-hmm. I like stuff like that. And I would have no fear putting any of them in against Manchester United because, as we've said, Manchester United are not the proposition that they used to be. I mean, I imagine Reiki is still reeling from the poor, poor conversation he had with me in the toilet at the Punjabi Villains event where I was absolutely hammered. I'd had too many beers. I <laughs> had a conversation with him. I just don't really, <laughs> don't, don't really remember it falling on all cylinders. So I imagine he's still recovering from that, but hopefully he'll be ready to play. He've, That's the kind of breaking news upon. you
1: get in the Villa View. You get yeah. tense, oh, toilet tense. conversation replies. Exactly. Yeah, unbelievable. Yeah. That's a podcast in itself for you, yeah. Dan, if you don't yeah. have enough <laughs> toilet conversations with Dan Bardell.
0: <laughs> Lovely stuff. What, what, I mean, I'll, tell you what, I'll write that down. I'll write that down now. Could be, could be a future <laughs> venture for sure. I mean, I've got about 50 podcasts a week at the moment, but I can certainly add another one to the agenda. Luca Dean. Omar and myself did a little show on him Mm. yesterday, what we think of his son. So if you want to go back and watch that, please do, because it hasn't been out that long. Do we, I mean, you've watched Gerard's press conference. I haven't. Do you, did you get, We haven't watched it. You've heard the the tidbits from the press conference. Mm -hmm. Do you get the vibe that he may start?
1: Well, it was interesting because he singled out both players' specific situations. And and as I mentioned, he said, well, Coutinho Coutinho has been training on his own and doing individual work and obviously the COVID piece and not being involved in the group and and match practice. All that jazz. Mentioned that about him. But he did say that Dean was um, further down the line because he had been involved in group training. He'd been on the bench for Everton. He just wasn't really getting games. and he was been playing since the
0: first of December, I want to say.
1: Hmm yeah but he's he's still involved i suppose in, in better than ninety minutes that matter I suppose really he's done all that work and that work and tactical work with with the team, so he said he's much further down the line um from that point of view, and I suppose it does make sense really that uh you know it's for somebody not to be involved in I think it's more sort of game planning that that I think will be the problem with uh getting Luca Dean in there straight away because uh you know obviously he's coming from a completely different tactical setup, he's coming from a completely different manager and so on. So uh, maybe that unfamiliarity with the with maybe calls from corners and stuff, you know. He's he does take set pieces, set pieces and so on, maybe the the defensive setups at our at when we're defending corners and free kicks and stuff like that. Um I don't know how easily they're learned in and around the training ground for that we picked up in a day, whether you could pick them up mid-match. But um, I think from that point of view, you know, that that's something that he would probably have to get up to speed on and um there are kind of the little things, I suppose, that we will forget when we have a new sign and it comes in on a Thursday. And then, you know, we've got a match on a Saturday and you're going, why isn't he playing? And you're kind of saying, well, there's these little bits and pieces, you know, that go in um, go on on the training field. Otherwise, they wouldn't, put, they wouldn't implement tactics or training on the training field, you know. So
0: I'm unsure about him starting. I'm trying to think because I said, yesterday. I think it'll be a
1: bit bad form on target.
0: Yeah. I said yesterday on the, on the show that we did. I said that he's great, to, like people are saying it's not fair on target that we've signed someone, which I completely disagree with because you know you need competition and I think you should always buy better than what you have. And yeah. You want competition for places. you want good players to come in and be second choice who, when they're needed can call upon and put in a good job and Matt Target will absolutely be that. But to get taken out straight away, I don't think he's done anything particularly wrong. People, a bit of a marmite player like so many players, You know, mm. some fans think he's, he's competent, some, some don't. I think he's better than people make out if I'm being honest, I think technically he's 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 very good. I think he uses the ball well. He's not the quick not the quickest, but I think he's quicker than he gets credit for. And he's probably not as dangerous going forward as Gerald would like his full back to be, hence why we've bought a new left back here. But I'm not sure it sends the right message coming straight out, although we have lost three games in a row, I suppose. So yeah, work with that. I've given you a lot there. It,
1: it's it's in, no, but it is an interesting one, and I don't think I don't think Jared should be criticised either way. If he does bring in a French international, ex captain of Everton, that obviously has all the experience in the world, going to top tournaments and stuff like that. But also at the same time, you know, it is uh, what you say is absolutely true. Does it send the wrong message? You know, because uh, taking somebody out of the team that's been more or less a mainstay for the whole season, bar being substituted for one or two injuries. You know, does that send a message to the team? Um, either way, we're going to have a competent left back in there. And I think one of the reasons, you know, that you, you mentioned that, that maybe he's a bit underrated in Matt Targa. But um, I think one of the biggest reasons, and I did, I did a piece in our podcast on it as well, that he gets skinned so very easily by runners, by, by dribblers and by fast players, specifically when he gets, when he's higher up the field. And it just looks really bad. And against Manchester United, uh, even in the Cup, it happened once or twice at the start and he really bombed on forward. And sometimes the winger was halfway down the field and he was seen coming into shot as the, as the winger was approaching the box. You know? And that's not a criticism of him. That could be a tactical piece. But you know, when you look at the statistical analysis of him, he does get beaten by dribblers. At a, at a higher rate than a lot of other fullbacks within the league, so I think that and, and Dina Dina gets beaten at a, a I can't remember the numbers, so that's why I'm flirting around all these here because uh, Dina gets beaten at a lot less uh, of of a rate, but um, uh, by by dribblers. So um, I think that's one of the biggest areas that that, that is there for improvement. And when you're playing a team like Manchester United, who do like to still get down the flanks like my United have done since the since the early 90s, um, that could be. Something that Stephen Gerard wants to basically just put a pin in straight away and say, look, that's where we're going to start Luke Dean in there. Um, realistically speaking, look, once again, you have to kind of look at it, just like we said about Coutinho getting injured in the first uh, in this game and being out for three or four weeks with Luca Dean. Do we really need to throw him in like is a paramount? We throw him in a, a, on Saturday and um, it'll be up to Steven Gerard to to figure that out and to see if it's. Um, if it's a case of having somebody in there who knows all the defensive calls in there and knows all the defensive structures, setups, and um, you know, and how high the line is, all that kind of stuff, um, or whether they 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 put in Luke Dean, I just don't know how easy it is to to pick that up in the space of forty eight hours. So, if he
0: doesn't start, I guess it's a tasty debut next week against his whole team at Goodison Park. i would be <laughs> I'd be pleased to see him back playing against him because I think the Everton fans are, from what I've seen, most seem to be quite upset. They seem to be on his side, don't they? Everton are an absolute mess. Everton have got vibes of us in the lead up to the season. We went down, to be honest. A bit all over uh... the place.
1: I could imagine if Luca Dean did play against Everton and if somehow he got an assist or scored. Uh, if you saw, so, uh, what was it? Was it Lincoln versus Sunderland last weekend and Chris McGuire got a goal and he ran over to to Lee Johnson and uh, Lee Johnson had just sold him from, from Sunderland to Lincoln and he pretty much told him what he thought of him, I think, on the, and, and the touchline afterwards. But maybe you might get some of that from Luca Dean. So um, that might be something to look for uh, in the Everton game.
0: Lee Johnson, a blast from Villa Pasta. I'd forgotten he even existed until you reported you know? I don't miss, yeah. don't miss those days coming up against those managers in the AFL. I've got to be perfectly honest. I don't think there's much else to cover from the game, unless you can think of anything now. I can't really know. I think
1: it's, look, I suppose, once again, like, can United be, are United going to be as bad as they were on Monday? That's, that's I mean, like, they're I think they bad most
0: weeks now. They are bad most weeks. I watched a lot of them. They are bad most weeks.
1: That is true. That is true. And uh, they're going to be down. Like, like Harry Maguire is in, like, most likely won't play. And, and, and Varane has come in this season. And Varane should be absolutely head and shoulders above most defenders in the Premier League. But he just hasn't. And I think that that's symptomatic of the rest of the team there as well. But it's like they're just such an unknown entity at the moment. And when you look down to their team, every single one of the players in their team has top, top level experience. And why can't they get it together? It's just uh, there's just a dark cloud there. But look, I'm fully prepared to be here or to be somewhere at eight o'clock on Saturday night. Going, how in the name of God did we not win that again? No, and I really don't want that happen. feeling. I'm I know I, no, I, I predict, I've predicted a two-one Villa yeah, Villa win already, it. but well. they're just United are just this this. Spanner in the works all the time, no matter how bad they play. And uh, as I say, I'm going to, if we do the double over United this season, it would be an absolute pleasure. And uh, it would be one of the highlights of the season because long enough have we gone home with our tails tails between our legs playing against the Manchester United team. And have frankly, have they rubbed it in on us, you know, nearly every time we've played. So it'd be nice to get one back and do the double over.
0: I'm calling it now. We're going to get a suspect decision tomorrow. Good. So it's going to happen. We're going to... <laughs> We're gonna be the ones on the we're gonna be on the right end of it for a change against Manchester United, and then they're gonna know how we've felt every single time we've played them, every single year. I think we're we're well overdue in many aspects. I've just got a feeling we'll get a dodgy penalty. we'll probably miss it, but we'll get we'll get a dodgy penalty. I've got I've got the feeling. That that's why that's my prediction. Two ones a my- bit. Dodgy penalty.
1: My prediction is Coutinho comes off the bench with a half an hour to go and he keeps up his streak of scoring one goal in every, I think it's something like one goal in every 15 shots he takes from outside the box. So, I don't know how many he's taken between now and the last time he scored but if that means he has to take 15 shots in, in the 30 minutes that he's on I'm A-OK with that but I think he's going to come on he's going to score a thunderbolt from outside the box and everybody is going to be justified in getting their Coutinho 23 jerseys in the immediate minutes after it was announced on uh, what day was it announced now? Monday? No, no, no Tuesday? I had no idea Tuesday man. Absolutely no idea Not
0: a clue. I think Can't it was Tuesday it uh... like... yeah. yeah I mean don't hate me, but I did some work for Manchester United yesterday for their for their website, and I said, I fan- I really fancy Ollie Watkins. I really yeah. fancy. I think he's going to have a, some joy. So I don't know. I really, really do. I've got a good feeling. There's a few games without a goal now, Watkins. I, th- I think he's going to really come good for us. I could, That's another thing I could say in Ollie Watkins' double. I feel like cause I'm not going. I've got these images in my head of things that are, are going to happen. I've t- turned into a bit of a Villa Manchester United rain man just because I'm not going. But yeah. We'll see what happens. As I say, if we do win, I'm expecting plenty of plaudits on social media because the fact I'm not going is absolutely criminal. Thanks ever so much to Neil for joining me and thanks to Boohoo Man for sponsoring us as well. Thanks to everyone who's tuned in and watched live. Do go back and check the Luca Dean video that we did yesterday if you haven't watched it already. Here's hoping Villa can do the first double over Manchester United since 1954 on Saturday night. Take care and up the Villa.